Imagine building an organization that provides not just for you and your family, but for the families of hundreds more. A brand recognized as a leader in your field. Why is it that some leaders are able to inspire a team and have a profound impact on our world, while others attempt to beat their teams into submission through micromanagement and managers who, regardless of title, are not leaders, costing their business to lose great talents and resources through attrition and toxic culture, ultimately running a great brand right into the ground? There is something else at play here, and we want to know why. It's your brand. Protect it. Protect it from both the outside and inside of your organization. Welcome to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, alongside co-host David Morrow. We explore great leaders, great brands, and the reasons why they succeed. We also take a look at stories of toxic cultures and the fall of some iconic brands. We'll play brand trivia and interview some of the leading entrepreneurs in today's business world. So before we get back to the episode, Mark and I want to provide some context. David and I want to let everyone understand why we do what we do. Think about what a brand actually is. It's what others say about you and your organization after you leave the room. And we want to protect that reputation. Data breaches literally destroy brands that have been around for generations. We've seen it with our own eyes. When trust is broken, brands are severely damaged and often irreparably. If you take pride and joy in your brand, which you should, because it's everything that matters, then take the necessary steps to protect it from cyber threats. A data breach is a breach of trust. So come talk to us at All Covered. We have a national footprint with local offices to help keep your brand in business. It's your brand. Protect it. Brandology Podcast is available everywhere you get your podcasts. And as always, please don't forget to subscribe, follow, and download. Thanks for listening. And now let's begin. So uh, let's get on going. So welcome everyone to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, David Morrow. In the studio today is my illustrious co-host, Mark Mosher. Mark, how are you, man? That is a new descriptive term for me. I'm yes, really, illustrious. I have an app that I'm, I'm is, doing really is, well. Actually, I'm, I'm getting better by the hour. Are you? I bet you are. Yeah, we've I had a, we've had a good couple months. Good good afternoon. Um, think things have been going well with you. I'm 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 yep. proud of you. I'm happy for you. I think it's I, I think I I think the stars are finally aligning. But illustrious is uh, something I looked up on my on my app. I have a specific app. For fake app. things to say, insincere things to say to coworkers, right. and that is that's that's you. That's without without involving HR, yes. Coworkers without involving HR. Okay, I got it. Yes, how to how to mock coworkers without getting HR called? That is what we do. Oh my so God. I'm very excited and actually very uh, honored uh, to. Uh, uh, have in the studio today, Ashley Bendixson. Um, Ashley, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm happy well, to be here. Well, we're we're really excited to, to to have you. Not just to watch you destroy Mark in brand culture trivia, but we really, really <laughs> genuinely want to know about you. And uh, you you've done some remarkable things with uh, uh, the schools that you uh, uh, give presentations at and. Um, uh, some of the, uh, the, the, the writings that you've done, um, and we want to get into all of that. So without any further delay, just kind of tell the ladies and gentlemen uh, kind of 
you know, who you are and, and what it is that you do. Yeah, so um, again, I'm Ashley Bendixson. I uh, live here in Newport, Rhode Island. I'm a very proud native-born New Englander. Um, and I, I've had a pretty diverse career, but it's brought me to where I am today, which is uh, being self-employed. Uh, essentially, I was running a full-time public speaking business pre-COVID. So, you know, the current dynamics have changed that a bit. Uh, but my primary line of work was going into schools from middle school up through colleges, and I would give assemblies, I would do student workshops, uh, teacher professional development, parent trainings, and my specialization is in uh, domestic and sexual violence prevention. So really teaching teens healthy relationships, helping the adults in their lives know how to guide them, what to look out for that, you know, their teen or someone near them might be struggling. And, um, you know, it's something I'm really passionate about because of my own background. And when I'm not speaking in schools, I also uh, speak on this topic. I do workplace trainings. I um, train first responders and I even train the military a few times a year on preventing assault on base. So taking my life and my passion and found a way to make it into a career. That is absolutely it's first of all, it's very honorable. So congratulations to find something that you're passionate about that actually matters in the world. And then second of all, way to go. I mean, like that is really rather than taking whatever might have happened in your life and becoming a victim. Right. And just doing that, you're saying, I want to learn about this. I want to teach others and I want to define what good looks like. Right. And you yeah. help people that, you know, I don't think anybody's intending to not do what good looks like. I think people don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. And they and, and they genuinely or they weren't raised right. Right. And, and how do we teach people what is healthy? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, human behavior is, is learned from somewhere. And uh, right. unless you're guided, taught, you know, you really don't know what to look out for. And Unfortunately, sometimes you learn about these things in life through experience, you know, it's trial and error. Um, so I, I feel really, yeah, fortunate that I was able to get out of my cycle of, of tough times and now use that to teach others. Because I always say if I would have been, you know, a 15 year old sitting in a high school assembly and heard my story on a stage, I might have gone and gotten help. I might have not kept things bottled up and struggled for the next, you know, five or six years. So, um, yeah, hopefully I'm, I'm breaking that chain. Well, and I think that's why you're successful at it because you've put yourself in the shoes of somebody else. You've put yourselves in the shoes of the customer, the end user, mm -hmm. the person that's receiving your message. And it's like, if I could sit and listen to me, right? And, and, and get something out of that, then it matters, right? Then you're, you're, you're impacting the world. Absolutely. Yep. So let's touch a little bit about that. Like what happened? You don't need to get into specifics. But generally, what happened, um, you know, to to cause this? Like, why is it that in the in the world of Simon Sinek, like, you know, why is it that you do what you do? Yeah. So, you know, to give kind of give you a condensed version of the story, right. I will say that I think that I am meant to do this work, and I think it's the reason I went through my struggles. And you know, I was meant to come out of this and now be a. a a guide for others and for me it started you know i was 14 years old you know very typical teenage life was excited the first time you know a boy took interest in me wasn't supposed to be dating kind of did it behind my parents back and sadly that first relationship became extremely abusive 
uh, being so young and new to dating and, and not knowing anything about it, I thought it was normal. I was embarrassed. Was he older? Was he older or was he the same age? Just by a year. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and which to me, that I felt so cool, right? I felt so special, like this older guy on the baseball Well, it's, it's a lot older at that age, right? right? It's a lot older yes. at that age. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was super excited, but didn't know how to, you know, understand what was going on or to ask for help. And because I was, you know, experiencing this abuse in this relationship, uh, my grades started to drop. I couldn't focus on school. I developed a really low self-esteem, anxiety. My, I, I had disordered eating habits. I was self-harming. I started drinking at a young age because I just didn't know how to deal with all this negativity. And, um, you know, thankfully in high school, it kind of just mellowed itself out. I, I endured that for two years and was just kind of hoping that the home stretch of high school would be like my escape. I'm just going to graduate and start over and rebuild my life and go to whatever college. And uh, when I went to back, when I went to college, I ended up finding myself in yet another abusive relationship my second year in college. And, uh, you know, problem was I still just didn't understand what abuse was, how it worked. The warning signs, you know, it starts off really happy and loving. And, and so I just got trapped again. And that relationship ended up turning my whole life upside down. I lost my whole support network. I was penniless. He forced me to drop out of college. I became homeless. And by 19, I just had nothing left. I didn't, I didn't possess anything. I didn't possess my own identity. I felt like I was just Actually, was, this the, was this the same? This is a different guy than the one when you were younger. So yeah. this is a yeah. two, this is a cycle that you found yourself in, right? Yeah. And looking back, a lot of toxic people, partners, peers, friends, all yeah. in between that had the same behaviors. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Is there a quote that you find that has inspired you? Or is there a book? Or is there a person or like obviously these events formed you, it shaped you, but mm -hmm. but what is it that made you kind of stand up for yourself and go enough? Yeah, I I definitely uh, I love like big deep lofty quotes, but to give you like the quote that Mark Mark watches Cartoon Network all the time, yes. it works. So yeah. you don't need to go too deep. <laughs> all right. Um, but the, the quote that did change things for me, and it was like, so the reason that relationship in college ended was I was severely attacked by him after I tried to end things. So at my lowest moment was like, like had to go through the court process, had to figure out where to live. But in that first week of just rebuilding and being on my own, I don't know where I saw it, but I came across this quote. It was quoted as Sinatra saying it, and it was the greatest revenge is massive success. I love that. that. I just posted that on LinkedIn. Like no way. a week ago. No way. Yeah. That's so strange. I'll go back and tag you in it. That's yes, cool. yes. And it just, it resonated with me because I think I was fed up. I was so, like I looked at all I'd thrown away most mm -hmm. of my young adult life. And I knew that if I continue to struggle, my abusive ex continued to win. Yeah. Same as the 14 year old relationship, like he was still right. winning if I was struggling. And I just knew I didn't want them to have that power over me anymore. And I heard that quote and I was like, yes, this is my new direction. Like aim for massive success. If he hears of my name or sees me somewhere, it better be because I'm doing big things, not exactly. hearing that Ashley's still struggling. So. Not, not because you got a DUI. 
right? Like right, a exactly. dog in the blotter, right? You're like, right. that's not what I want people to see. Like exactly. I want it to, in the loony bin. It to be like yeah. the book I just wrote or a presentation I just gave or whatever. Yes. That's great. Let me, um, let me, let me just say thank you as a father of two daughters and one of which I raised myself since she was seven. Thank you for what it is that you do. I really wanted to, to get that out there. Thank you. Yeah, that's really absolutely that. true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you how did you get involved with the military? How'd you let the military let you in? Like, how'd you get them to let you in so that, you know, is it because of a book? And, and, and tell the listeners kind of, do you have a website? Do you have a book that was released? Tell us about that. I just asked like yeah. five questions. Yeah, that's okay. Any of them that you the want in any order that you want. Time. I want to talk about the military, the language of time. I want to talk about how technology has changed what her messaging has got to be, right? Because yeah. you've been doing this, Ashley, for a, a long time. And with that change of technology, raising my daughter, I saw, you know, when wanting to get a phone at 12 and, you know, mm -hmm. having it at night and hearing messages, you know, in the middle of the night. And, yeah boys asking for a picture you know I, I want to touch on all that so yeah yeah let's, let's start with your first question David since you just gave her like multiple choice let's start with yeah the military involvement because that's a really cool aspect and I think sometimes that I don't know that it's overlooked but it's maybe we don't hear the message as much but I think it's mm -hmm. equally as important and impactful if not even more so just because of the 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 platform or the scenarios that they could find themselves in tell us about that yeah so i just i got really lucky and, and want to talk about the connections you can make on linkedin these opportunities came from a linkedin connection of just somebody who was doing domestic and sexual violence work we connected we we met via zoom one day and he was in the military sphere and he ended up deciding to kind of form this cohort of expert speakers and brand us as trainers for the military and uh, now there's a whole bunch of us that go on to, to military bases. Like the U.S. Army has to do annual sexual violence prevention training. So that's an opportunity for us to go on base. And we do uh, bystander intervention work, which is great for the military, workplaces, communities on like how can we all play a role in, in changing attitudes and norms and, and stopping these issues from happening. So that's kind of how that came about. And it's, it's the coolest thing. Um, it's funny. People say like it's intimidating to speak to the military and I'm like it's more intimidating to talk to teenagers <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I could probably yeah I could agree with that hey Mark are you excited about this uh 2021 female leadership summit oh David this is going to be incredible I can't wait I am I am really pumped about it the 2021 brandology female leadership summit is going to be your opportunity to access a wealth of leadership insight from a world-class faculty we've put together ready to equip and inspire you regardless of your field or industry yeah, so each chosen leader will provide a short you know, five to ten minute presentation on culture, on leadership, and practical ways to help you succeed. Um, there will also be a panel discussion on hot topics. Uh, the belief email leadership matters is more important today than ever before. Absolutely. That's why the 2021 Brandology Female Leadership Summit will give you access to this unique group of world-class faculty who will share their distinct perspectives, inspiring and equipping you with practical skills you can use right away. So don't miss the 2021 Female Leadership Summit only on Brandology Podcast. So subscribe and download the episodes to be notified of this upcoming event. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you. I'm sure. Well, and yeah, I yeah. think that the power of 
social media platforms if done right, like LinkedIn. I mean, mm -hmm. I have my job because of LinkedIn. I have my last job before this one because of LinkedIn. Mark has his job because yeah. of LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. Mark and I met through LinkedIn and yeah. then, you know, I was interviewing 30 odd people. And I love that, you know, and and Mark and I met through LinkedIn and then I interviewed him. And then what what sold me on him is we <laughs> took an elevator down and there was a little like African-American lady and, and another kind of like German looking lady. And by the time we were down, and Mark didn't even know I was in the elevator, it was kind of a crowded elevator. And by the time we got down to the main floor of that elevator, uh, they the one lady had, had tapped him on the shoulder. He had them laughing and so comfortable. And she, she was like, God bless you, son. You have a great day. And he had just like chatted them up, made their day, complimented so them, the asked them good questions, all in an elevator ride. And I'm not shy at all. And I was, I don't talk in elevators and I'm not shy. And so <laughs> when, when I saw that, I just walked out and I'm like, that's the guy. Like, that's the guy, that's the dude we need. I love it. So yeah, and it all kind of started through, through LinkedIn. I mean, I was happy at my last job that I'd gotten through LinkedIn. And um, there was some recruiter contacted me through LinkedIn. So wow. very, very powerful. So like, just like you said, where you met the person from, um, from the military and you got in there, like, that's mm -hmm. great. Let me switch. Yeah, LinkedIn's amazing. We're talking about media. Let's shift um, to over to print media or digital media now, I guess. And in, in your book, uh, The Language of Time. Mm -hmm. um, so you were, you were a caregiver. Uh, for your mother. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Or you not want to go whatever is good for you? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I published my first book this summer, uh, and it's definitely been a labor of love. It was a memoir on an eight year journey. I spent as a caregiver to my mother who strangely developed Alzheimer's at 48 years old. And, um, you know, one of the things I've always done, during challenging times, even as a teenager, is I've always journaled. I've always kept a diary and used it to vent and, and write down things. And so when I was caring for my mom, I was journaling a lot just as a way to vent, but also to really capture as many memories as I could with her. Because obviously Alzheimer's is, there's no cure and I didn't know how much time we would have left. So I was just journaling and uh, you know, I'd blog here and there and people would say they were really moved by what I wrote and saying, you know, you should consider writing a book. And so I kind of, it, I took my time, 15 years later, the book was finally uh, published, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of it and how it's done. And uh, you know, I, I, I can't wait to write my next book because I really want to write a book that goes hand in hand with my business. But I think for me, the red thread between all of it is just this, uh, like constant running theme of like live life while you can opportunities can be taken away from you like that and you just have to be steadfast and and making sure that you appreciate what you have appreciate the people that you have that you don't wait to seize opportunities because i feel like i missed a whole chunk of my life you know when i should have been building things and going after my goals and dreams and my mom passed away young and didn't get to do half of what she wanted to do in life and and it's just such a, it's such an important, like that's something that I think about all the time. It's like time's yeah. not guaranteed. So you go after your dreams now. That's, that's I excellent. To congratulate you too. Cause um, correct me if I'm wrong, but your book debuted as a number one bestseller, right? And like multiple. Yeah. 
it did really well in uh, like the like Alzheimer's as a, as a book category, like home care, caregiving. Yeah, it did really, really well. And it you continues know, like, to do well. Uh, Amazon, I think you were like all five stars, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Really it's crazy. Stuff, Actually, this is That's so exciting. Really, That's so exciting. Yeah. That, Thank that, you. You don't achieve it's those a- results on accident. That's you obviously have a message and you obviously deliver it in a very good way. Uh, people find value with so I haven't read your book yet um, oh that's okay <laughs> but now that I've met you that uh, that's definitely on my list uh, least you could have done is come prepared for the podcast Mark oh I know come on I'm like wow that is a really good book um, <laughs> but let me ask you too about um, about Blue Hearts Project hmm sure so yeah um, so you founded a, a global like online storytelling platform, right? Is that an accurate description or? It is, it is. Yeah, um, you know, it's, so I've been speaking ever since I first got out of that bad relationship. I started telling my story, just donating my time to the community, going into schools. And, you know, so that's like been like 12, 13 years at this point that I've been speaking. And what I consistently heard from audience members is there would be other survivors that would come up and say, you know, I really want to use my story to help others too. I don't want to get up on a stage and speak, but what other ways can I do something? And I realized that one of the most powerful ways to reach people, to educate people is through real life stories. And each of us sometimes justify what we're going through. We give it a different label. Oh, it's this, it's not abuse. But then when you start to read other stories. Yeah, we, we call them socially acceptable excuses, right? Exactly, exactly. And it's so validating to hear somebody else say something that you're going through because you mm-hmm. think your situation's unique, you think you're alone. So it just kind of sparked this idea of, you know, can I give survivors a place to release their stories mm-hmm. and, and heal by telling their stories, two, use it to help others, and three, also create this sense of solidarity where people feel less alone. Um, and so the, the name, no idea where it came from. I was falling asleep one night and I just thought Blue Hearts Projects, picture of Blue Heart, just, right. that was it. That's good. Um, That's yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, launched and uh, so far I've collected over um, 275 stories of survivors of all different types of abuse from all over the world. And uh, yeah, a few of them trickle onto the blog every week and it's it's been pretty amazing. Well, that's excellent. So. It, for listeners, we will, if you can send that to us, yes, actually, or if Mark, like if, if you can get that over to me, um, I'd like to put the links to your book and to that project in, on, in, in this, on our website, in the, in the storyline. Cool. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is great work you're doing. Thank you. So uh, l- let me ask you this. Are you, um, uh, you know, what are some of the most beneficial things you've gotten out of some of these presentations that you've done? Um, Not on I the def- list of questions. No, I know. Thinking no. on my feet. Spinning things around. I'm a professional you. speaker. Um, honestly, uh, I have had so many disclosures. Uh, I have students that come up to me and say things they've never told anyone before. I have students mm. that have gone and gotten therapy and counseling after hearing me speak. Uh, students that still reach out to me today and say I helped, you know, save them from depression or, you know, whatever these really tough things that these kids are going through. And so that's, I mean, that's a, a huge benefit. Um, 
it's just knowing that there's real impact in me getting up there and, and sharing what's not always so easy to share. And then just on a personal level, I've grown so much um, from doing what I do. I mean, just the confidence that I have as a public speaker, um, as a communicator, and also I've healed through telling my story. There's some quote where it's like, the more you tell your story, the less power it has over you. And I really feel like now my story serves a different purpose. You know, I use it to educate. I use it to make an impact now. And so it's been a major part of my healing process. And I'm also getting to impact lives in the process. That's excellent. That's Thanks. fantastic. So why don't we um, take a break and let's do a little brand culture trivia. Is that okay? Yes. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and play the intro and then we're going to come right back. So we'll play the intro right now. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome everyone to Brand Culture Trivia, where the points don't matter, but the brand does. In this segment, we play a trivia game against our guest. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with my co-host, David Morrow. David, tell us about the rules and the awesome prizes. Absolutely. The rules are as follows. You get to guess as fast as you can. You get as many answers as you want. And the first one to give the right answer wins a point. The first contestant to three points wins the game. What do you get if you win? Glad you asked. You get 14,684 Brandology bucks. What is that worth? Those are absolutely worthless. But we might send you a sticker for playing. So let's get started with brand culture trivia. David, why don't you spin the wheel of trivia and see what our first question is? All right, here I go. It is a heavy, heavy wheel. And we're back. All right. So it is time for brand culture trivia. You guys know the rules. My tip would be if you're going to guess something, guess everything in the category. For example, if you're going to say Visa, say Visa, MasterCard, American Express. Say all of them because the odds are you're close, but you're not the you know you're not answering the exact one that we're looking for. Um, does that make sense? Yes. All right, I am working with my team of little green men and women. They're my minions. That I never understood why they're green. Well, I don't know because that's welcome. You don't want to be in here, man. I'm I'm warning you. You do not want to be inside there. It's a scary place. So um, let me see what we can do. Okay, I'm going to give the uh, company slogan, and you guys are going to guess the brand or product name. For example, just do it, Nike right? Breakfast of Champions, Wheaties, right? Got Milk, Marlboro. Well, no, Got Milk, California Milk Processing <laughs> Board or, or Dairy Industry or something like that. <laughs> so, okay. So let me see what we can do here. All right. The slogan is this, the best a man can get. <laughs> um. Probably like a Gillette razor. It's, uh, and she's right. Ah! What? And it's great. one to nothing. That was such a guess, Ashley. You didn't you're like it's hey, man. <laughs> That's okay. It is one to nothing. All right, let me let me let me find this one. 
Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's... Maybelline? Okay, wow. All right, we're going to have to play to four because she's kicking the <laughs> ass, Mark. Like Sorry. I didn't get an answer out. I think okay. Mark's being nice French. to me. Yeah, I'm going to really focus here. Yeah. All right. Let me find another one here because this is ridiculous. Um, it is two to nothing. Um, merchandise seven is the secret ingredient for what product? Oh, I know this one. Merchandise seven is the secret ingredient for what product? Like KFC, that's secret ingredient. Tab, that's the secret ingredient. Merchandise seven is the secret ingredient in what product? Coke. Yes! Job. Wow. Oh, I, I, I think no that idea. was a, I think that was a sympathy loss on, <laughs> on, 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 on your part because it sounds like, uh, you know, I, it, it was going to be a, a complete running away with the game. So, all right. <laughs> Let me see what, what, we, what else we've got. Um, okay. Slogan What's in your wallet? Visa, Amex, MasterCard. Visa. <laughs> Discover. American Express. Nope, you guys are close. Diners Club. Diners Club, yeah. Like, yeah. It's accepted everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Diners um, Club is accepted everywhere and nowhere at the same time. <laughs> MasterCard, Visa, Diners Club. Nope. American Express. It is the type of a MasterCard, Visa, or Diners Club. What's in your wallet? Hint is it has Jennifer Gardner as the spokesperson. Uh, Wachovia. Chase. Wachovia went under in the meltdown of 08, Mark. You were in the mortgage industry. You know that. They were one of the early victims. They were absorbed by Wells Fargo. Yeah. Ooh, Wells Fargo. Yeah. No, it's not a Wells Fargo visa. No. (laughs) What's in your wallet, Wells Fargo? There's nothing about like stagecoaches or anything in there. I'm gonna pull it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put that one on uh, hold. I'm kind of giving up. I don't know. Capital One. Oh come on. Oh. Capital okay. One. All right. Mm. Let me try this again. Here's one. Oh, okay. Here, I've got a different one. Actually, I'm gonna. This one's gonna be hard. I've got the feeling you're just making these up at this point. I'm not making them up. <laughs> I'm not. I've got this. This is this is a formal process with know, like there's a lot of Tony, 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 Tony's my little guy over here. Tony, <laughs> will you come on screen here and tell them that you're real? No, he won't. Okay, um, the snack that smiles back. The snack that smiles back. Goldfish. Yes. Well done. That is really good. All right, we're playing to four though. It's three to one. So, we're, all right, we're we're playing one more because you got the first two too fast. <laughs> Sorry. For being good. Okay, this is a new rule. All right. So yeah, it's it's a new rule. Uh, Tony made it up. Yeah, I blamed you a little bit. <laughs> so, 
No, that wasn't a green comment. No, don't call HR. All right. Um, this is one, and this is a brand that people literally tattoo their logo on their bodies. Okay. The tagline, though, is not well known. The tagline is all for freedom, freedom for all. What's the brand or product? People love this brand so much. It's so well known that they get it tattooed on their bodies. Chevy. Chevy? Who are you hanging out with that you have a Chevy logo on your body? Not everybody did in high school. Is like a I want to say like a beer, like a beer, a beer company. Ooh, Budweiser. No, no, it's it's not. It's it's a it's a it's a brand that's involved in transportation. Michelob. Michelob. What did you say? Harley. Yeah. That is, isn't that amazing? Congratulations, first of all. Interesting. Well done. Well Thank done. Thank you. You did really, really well. And, <laughs> and, and, and we have had, Mark and I have had people on this podcast that have literally had the tattoo on their bodies and did not know, <laughs> and they didn't know. that the tagline was all for freedom, freedom for all. Yeah. Oh my well, think gosh. about that. Think about the marketing department, right? Mm. They've developed a tagline that people don't even know but they've still also developed a logo in a brand so well known in American culture that people get yeah. it tattooed on their bodies. It's kind of an interesting one. It really is. So, yeah, it is. Okay. Hey everyone, Mark and I are really excited about a special feature we have coming up about the rise and the challenges of this technology transportation company that has literally changed the world. It experienced explosive growth but had constant controversy, making it one of the most fascinating companies to emerge over the past two decades. The firm, which was founded back in 2009, soon grew to become one of the highest valued private startup companies in the world. And yet its leadership, culture, and business practices have all been called into question, and the brand itself has been under seemingly constant attack. Join us as we explore the rise, the challenges of this technology transportation company. We've all used it and the leaders who are now trying to save it today. Join us as we discuss the rise and fall of Uber Technologies. So circling back, congratulations. You are the winner of 14,864 Brandology Bucks. Way Wonderful. to go. Let me tell you, our, when our e-commerce site gets up, yeah, it's you down, are right. gonna be set. You'll be oh, I can't wait. There are Learjets, convertible Bentleys, Rolexes, oh, yeah. male, female Rolexes, anything you can think of. <laughs> it's just, unfortunately, it's down right now. Yeah. Brandology yeah. bucks. Like if you were in the Cayman Islands, those Brandology bucks would be convertible into oh, gotcha. actual money. But unfortunately, you're in Rhode Island. Rhode Island has a law against it. So yeah. I apologize. <laughs> but uh, just take it up with the governor. So, okay. So let, let me, uh, let's circle back to the, uh, to some of the questions. Um, mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. Like if you look back a year from now and 
you say this was a really successful year, right? I got the, I, it all started at the Brandology podcast. Mm-hmm. Like that was the turning point of my life. Mm-hmm. So don't forget that. But honestly, like if you if you look back a year from today and said, "Man, this year was better than I ever thought." What two or three things, what couple things would have had to happen to make you feel that way? Yeah, um I think that's going to be an accurate reality a year from now. So one of the challenges of 2020 has been that I cannot travel and speak. I had a full right. tour lined up and it went away overnight and that includes income. <laughs> um and I've really had to reconsider what my business model looks like and I've always wanted to eventually have evergreen programs online, more coaching. Yep. Uh but I always pictured building that years from now. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I would have been so busy this year I wouldn't have had time to do it anyway. But now what I'm trying to do like in right I'm in in the moment doing this now is figuring out how to build these evergreen programs, group coaching, one-on-one coaching so that I have um a whole different model that is predictable, it's steady, I can rely on, you know, a certain amount every month versus, you know, before I was in a very gig-based business, you know, where you're doing sales, you get one client and that's you get paid for it, which is great and speaking is lucrative, but I really think that building these programs, growing a community well, and essentially empowering too. others. Yeah, I mean, and you want to make it scalable. Right, right. Right. I want to help guide others so they can then go out and be successful and maybe do the same for the people around them. So, I think this is how I'm going to really like build the impact that I've always envisioned having. Um and it's going to be from like putting the work in now and just finding a new way of doing things in this new world. I'm a bigger audience now cuz I have the the internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I and I think that that more people need to get your message. Right? Mm-hmm. And so If you're able to scale, I think the more people would be able to be benefited. If you're out traveling to Dubuque, Iowa and you are teaching at a, you know, giving a presentation at a school, there's, you know, 8,000 other schools that aren't getting your message. Mm-hmm. Right? But if you're able to put this in book format, which you did, but if you're able to put this in encapsulated or productize it online or something, maybe mm-hmm. you're able to like push it out to more people and they can all be affected and gain from your knowledge all during the day. Right. I've I've um I've adapted my speeches to a virtual platform and one of the things I created this summer was a seven-part video series for students. So they Great. might get a Zoom keynote with me, but now they get seven videos and activity workbooks so that they can learn even more. So, yeah, I'm already finding ways to bring more value despite this crazy landscape. That's fantastic. Hey, I'm I'm kind of curious. Um so you graduated valedictorian congratulations um, wow congratulations uh, remember reading that actually yeah and then you did um you did an internship for the attorney general's office uh, for the state of Rhode Island right mm-hmm. um did you want to go into criminal justice or was that just kind of a, a, a natural parallel for what you were doing with you know victim advocacy how how did that come about Yeah, you know, I at one point my ultimate vision was that I would become a clerk for the Supreme Court. <laughs> like wow. the US, I mean, I was I was really into law. I like would nerd out reading case law and constitutional law. Like I really was into it. But um, you know, I went to school for criminal justice just knowing I wanted to eventually somehow advocate for battered women yeah. in a legal setting. And um 
yeah, I went back to school many years after I dropped out. I mean, it totally changed, you know, what I studied, my whole experience, but finally graduated top of my class. Very proud of that. Uh, got to experience. I worked as a paralegal assistant, my internship in the attorney general's office doing domestic violence homicide cases, which was pretty intense, but amazing experience. And then when I graduated, I worked for the Bristol County District Attorney in Massachusetts for three and a half years. And it was so interesting because I, I got in and I worked as a victim advocate. So I'm in the courtroom working with victims, loved it, dream job, but also didn't realize it was a very entry level job. So of course I found ways to get promotions and fun fact, my office was prosecuting Aaron Hernandez, the NFL Patriots yeah. player yeah. committed murder. Yeah. And so they needed help on like the social media front and taking TMZ calls and like managing oh all that. Gosh. So I got promoted to the press department because I have a communications background. So I went from like this courtroom position to the press assistant, well, yeah, press assistant. And then eventually I became the DA's executive assistant. So had a few different roles there. Um, and, you know, I think my whole career has been a balance of criminal justice, social justice work, prevention work, and communications. And, you know, I really wanted to be on the, the prevention side versus the response side. And that's kind of what inspired me just to, like, leave that job now, try to build something of your own, um, and just see where it goes. So that was my last uh, employed job. I also worked uh, on a college campus for a while, working with uh, victims of sexual assault and domestic violence on college campuses. And I've done a lot of community work. Um, so yeah, it's kind of been a, a diverse and eclectic career. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Did you, what did you do on Al Aaron Hernandez's case? All kinds of things. So um, part of it was fielding phone calls, um, doing like press relations, helping prepare social media posts. I mean, the phone was, was the blowing up. Was the prosecution there? Was the prosecution in, in Rhode Island? It was in Massachusetts. Oh, it yeah. was in, in Massachusetts. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, Fall River, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. They just had a whole Netflix series on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th I, th I think there's one. There's a documentary on Oxygen Network, yeah. and I'm in yeah. one of the scenes. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, I won the right. press conferences. We're gonna watch a, that. We're gonna watch. Freeze <laughs> frame it and then send it to you. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. I'll tell you, um, it was such a cool world to be in. Like I love, I love working in the justice system, and I'm I'm still advancing justice in different ways. But um, yeah, it was it was really cool to be part of that, and and just to be part of like really. We also uh, the office took on the Michelle Turner case. Do you remember that one about mm -hmm. the girl who bullied her boyfriend and he committed suicide? Yeah, uh, by text. So that right? happened she, almost she at the same it. time. Yeah. Yeah, she did it by text. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So crazy stuff. And, yeah, and there you have technology and relationships yeah, and how it adds more. Right. All Holy What, With everything you've done and everything you've got going on, um, what's, what's next? What's the future look like? What are you looking towards? Yeah, um, I think, uh, you know, right now I'm, I'm still hoping to steadily book virtual speaking gigs. Um, and uh, I'm available if anybody's listening that has a connection to a school. I'm hosting a parent masterclass online so that parents know what to look out for because you know, one of my struggles is that my parents saw me as just being defiant, rebellious, difficult, when really I was crying for help. So right. I'm hosting that. And then, 
hopefully within the next six months, I'll have really some clarity around my coaching programs and who I'm going to work with. I do work one-on-one -on -one with some women and survivors now, but I really want to formalize that more and, and have something I can offer on a larger scale. So um, yeah, I'm figuring it out each day, one day at a time. Well, I know um, David and I have quite a few contacts uh, throughout K through 12 and then even higher ed. Uh, we've actually had some really good um, guest on from a couple local colleges throughout the Midwest and Southern Indiana mm. and through there. And, and I would like when things open back up at some point um, to, to maybe get you introduced and get you involved and see if we can't get you on campus in a speaking event. Because uh, I really believe in, in what you do and the message that, you, that you're sending out. So I, I would like to do that for you. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you. I'd love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. as we kind of wrap up, um, I'm curious. I'm I've got a question I always like to ask, but sometimes David does as well. David, do you have any any parting ways? And let me first say thank you for everything. Thank you for your transparency. You have such a uh, easy demeanor about you that it's I can see where people could um, very easily open up to you. You've got you're really very engaging. You're very uh, warm. You can feel that you're passionate about what you do. And you know, I just I want to say thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for your kind words. I really do appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the the victim advocacy work is so prevalent. I mean, it's something that I've been involved in most of my adult life. Um, I was a prosecutor for a while, and, and then I was a civil trial attorney representing criminal victims. So I was part of the criminal, the crime victim bar association and things like that. And I would work with people like you. Oh, unfortunately, it wasn't you. But um, I, I, I work with people like you and just the passion and everything and helping the victims understand the process because the process can seem brutal to a victim. The mm -hmm. process can seem like they're being re-victimized or they're that. And if you do it right, the process works and you can actually save families and save people. And, and you just have to do it right. And somebody, and, and, I, and I don't blame like, but I mean, sometimes the attorneys are busy fighting other attorneys you know what i mean like they can't focus on the victim because they're busy with all this landslide of crap that's thrown at them when they're trying to defend the victim right and then they mm -hmm. somebody needs to hold the victim and then explain this is what they're doing and so it's really really it just i i love that you're passionate about that i hope that never ends you know yeah thanks yeah yeah i, I couldn't agree more because my experience through the court system was not a good one I was not no. guided well. I was not. Right. I was not told of my rights. Right. You know. I mean. I'm sure you're. You know. Vaguely aware. Like. You know. Victims have a right to be in court and to be at every day and to to you know be to agree with the determination of the case before yeah. it's 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 decided. And uh, I was basically told, Oh no, you don't you don't need to be involved. Like we're good. We have your statement. You're fine. And I was like, Oh, that's it. And so I just never, and I never heard from anybody ever again. And then right. they ended up dropping the charges against him. And a few months later, he attacked his next girlfriend. Yeah. So um, I was like, well, I was like, the system's a mess. I gotta go into it and fix it. <laughs> but um, yeah. But uh, it's it's it. Can, you're right. It can be so helpful, and it can work if it's uh, done right, and the right people are there to guide someone. Yeah, and and part of the process, part of the problem there is just volume, right? Mm -hmm. Like we would when we would be in the court system, we would be prosecuting all of these domestic battery cases you know there's mm -hmm. so many of them. like literally we would carry them in and like a sh it was like a shopping cart it wasn't a shopping cart but it was a district attorney shopping cart and you would yeah. literally walk in with 200 cases 
Yeah. On a Friday morning court call at nine o'clock. And you would just yeah. go through, you know, they all kind of sounded the same. You would go through one after the other after the other. So it's like, how much time do you even get to pay attention to any one of those victims? And then right. the other issue is many of the victims don't even show up, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot oh, of them right. don't show up. I remember when I was really young starting off and like telling the judge, I'm like, judge, it's, you know, 915 and I didn't bring enough dismissal orders with me. Like I have to go mm -hmm. back to the office and get more dismissal orders. Like we, mm -hmm. we, you know, we, we didn't even like prepare for that onslaught. So it's just, uh, right. it's just the system uh, needs more people like you involved. So please, please don't, don't give up that. And hopefully more prevention so that, you know, the case it doesn't have are to happen in the first place. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the questions that Mark always asks um, as, as we, as, as we wind this down um, and uh, Mark, I'll let you go ahead and ask it because it is your question. <laughs> no, and I like to ask because I, I get so such a dynamic um, difference in answers every time, and it always it's always interesting. And I know the uh, the listeners really like it, so it's re it's really deep too. So, when you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? Everything. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm, I think I still want to be everything. That's I mean, awesome. when I, no I wanted to be a figure no. skater. <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny, like, you know, I was so um, impressionable. Like, I'd watch the Olympics with my mom, and I wanted to be an Olympic gymnast. Or, like, we'd watch figure skating, and I went to figure skate. And then I saw Jurassic Park, and I wanted to be a paleontologist. So, yeah. <laughs> I've always great. wanted to do all kinds of things. <laughs> Well, That's excellent. no doubt you'll be absolutely successful, whatever you do. I, I hope you stay on the path and maybe just find more bandwidth to do more of it. Um, and we'll have to have you back. This this won't be the last conversation. We'll have to have you back when you do your next award-winning, debuting, bestseller book. <laughs> coming. Um, so we'll definitely have you back for that as well. Thank you. I'd love that. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Ashley. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Mark and I want to take a moment and thank everyone that listens and subscribes to our podcast. It means a lot. We're truly trying to make this one that we ourselves would find interesting and find entertaining. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas for subjects, great brands that have risen and fallen, great case studies, or fantastic guests that you'd like to see, please reach out to us. Brandology Podcast Staff at gmail.com. That's Brandology Podcast Staff at gmail.com. Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe. Turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening. 